Welcome back to On the Shelf. Today we have a very special episode we can't wait for you all to hear today, an author interview. And not just that, this is part one of a three-part series with Tasha Madison going through her Pen Thief series. And because it's a series, you're going to want to listen to this one first and then go on to the other two episodes. I really hope you enjoy this mini-series of sorts. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to On the Shelf. Um, I've been really looking forward to today's interview for quite a while, and I'm also very lucky because this is going to be the first of three that are going to be coming out over the next few days with this author. I'm going to hand it over to her to introduce herself, introduce the book we're talking about in this episode, and then we will get into the rest of the questions. So I'll hand it over to you. Hello, everyone. My name is Tasha Madison. I write historical fiction and young adult fiction. Um, the book that we're going to be talking about today is called The Pen Thief and the Orbit of Uncertainty. And basically, it's about a geeky teen who discovers a magical pen that has the power to alter the entire balance of the universe. And so he has to kind of learn how to navigate this newfound object and figure out what that exactly means for himself and the people that he cares about. Awesome. All right. So getting into the questions, um, the first one we have here, it's very silly, but it's quite a staple with the interviews we do. And if so, um, if you were a plate, what type of plate would you be? <laughs> okay, I would say that I would be like a gilded heirloom plate. Um, because as the very wise Audrey Hepburn once said, um, she said, I believe every day you should should have at least one exquisite moment. Um, and that's basically my life motto because while most people try to save the so-called good stuff for special occasions, I don't believe any day should be any less precious than the rest. And that's something that's taken many years for me to come to that realization. But I think it's very important to enjoy life now and not delay it for later because tomorrow's promise to no one. Yeah, well, thank you for sharing that. Um, I always like asking that question just because of the wide range of answers. And we've never heard that before on the podcast, but that's like genuinely just great advice for everybody. Um, and I don't know, I feel like I'm kind of surprised no one else has mentioned something along those lines, but that very cool answer. Um, and just, again, just great advice. Um, so going into the book itself, what was your main inspiration from for when you started writing it? You kind of came through just the general um inspiration for the whole process? Sure. Well, I don't know about other authors, but for me, I get my inspiration from really mundane things. And what I mean by that is I got the idea to write the Pen Thief series while I was grocery shopping with my mother and my sister. <laughs> um, so we were in the car and my mom was looking for one of her pens and she couldn't find it. Um, and then my sister realized that she had forgotten to give it back to her after borrowing it. And so I jokingly shot it from the back seat, Pen Thief. Um, and then we all laughed. And then I mm -hmm. said, guys, wait a second, that's a really good book title. <laughs> and so then I pulled out my smartphone and I immediately started jotting down a general plot that matched the title. And after 10 minutes, I had the beginnings of a really great story. And when I returned home, I basically spent the next two weeks brainstorming and outlining each chapter of the first two books in the series. That's amazing. Um, I always love those like gotcha moments where something can just come from anything. Um, and that's just really cool to see, um, as you said, kind of the mundane origins of what has grown into this series. And that's, you know, as a reader, I always like hearing um, like 
the first grains of an idea from the author themselves of just how did we get here? So that's really cool. Um, so continuing with the writing side of things, what is your favorite and least favorite parts of the writing process? Mm, that's a good question. I would say my favorite part of the writing question of the writing process, um, as you probably might expect, is the actual writing part, mm -hmm. right? Um, I love to write. Um, and so I love bringing the characters I create um, to life and seeing my ideas actually becoming realized on the page. Um, I probably would say my least favorite part of the writing process is the brainstorming and plotting part, um, mainly because all of my ideas, for me at least, personally, it's a very time-consuming process, and it takes anywhere from one to three weeks, depending on the type of story that I'm working on. Um, and so I think it's probably my least favorite just because it's so time-consuming, um, because I'm a very detailed-oriented writer, um, and I like to have as much as possible outlined before I start actually writing. No, yeah, I mean, that's completely fair. Um, and I don't know, it's just really interesting to see um, like how different authors really approach the process. Because as you said, I mean, a lot of um, the parts are kind of along the same lines for people, but just like the way people think and how that comes across in the actual book. So it was really interesting to hear. Um, and continuing with writing again, um, what do you think is the best writing advice you've ever received and if you could go back in time to when you were starting off on your writing journey what do you wish you could tell your younger self mm. well when I was younger people always said that if you want to be an author you should write what you know right mm -hmm. um now today I often hear people saying things like write to market or write only what people want to read um but I think both of those sentiments are flawed because what if you want to write science fiction for example a genre mm -hmm. that's based purely on future unknown you know technological mm -hmm. advances and socioeconomic changes or what if you are interested in, in writing mi mystery or romance novels which are two of the most popular genres then now and probably forever right mm -hmm. um so I would say the best advice I ever received was to write what I was passionate about. And I think it's great advice because it really allows me to be creative by using my knowledge, my life experiences, research and interests to create my own worlds that others can also enjoy. And I think the advice that I would give my younger self and also new writers as well is to not allow the fear of imperfection to paralyze you because for so many years I didn't pursue my own dreams because I was waiting for a perfect moment that would never never come um, or waiting to create a perfect uh, project that just simply would never exist right because perfection is impossible mm -hmm. um, and I think it's easy to allow the limitations also of others to influence you sometimes people can't believe in you because they're too afraid to believe in themselves. And mm -hmm. so I just would encourage myself to hold fast to my dreams, regardless of what other people's opinions are, um, because it's easy to kind of get lost in that during the process. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, I really appreciate what you just said um, about writing what you're passionate about, because I've never really heard that spread. And I think especially now, it is a lot of just like, write what you think will sell. And then maybe at some point later, you can write what you're passionate about. But I think starting out writing and just really enjoying what you're writing will just make the whole process better and just I don't know I feel like that'll make it more enjoyable but you'll also be able to connect with it and you're writing something that you'll that basically you'll really enjoy and I think that's there's another um big piece of writing advice that it's like write the story that you wanted to read when you were younger and I think that kind of can go along with that of just mm -hmm writing what makes you happy. And I think right. that is advice people really need to take to heart more. Um, and yeah, I don't know. That's 
just a very interesting take on that that I haven't heard before. So I appreciate that. Um, so going a bit into you yourself, at one, at what point did you decide to be an author? What was your path to publication? Is like being an author, is that just something that happened as you were going through life? Or is it something that when you're little, you just kind of set your mind to it and this is where you are now? Yeah, I told my parents I wanted to be an author when I was in the third or fourth grade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think I I was one of those few people, I think, who just always knew. I've always had a passion for the written word. Um, it's just something that just was always inside of me. Um, it just was my innate gifting. Um, so I, I knew very early in life. Um, but I will say my dreams, as I kind of alluded to before, they did get delayed by life by a few decades. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I originally got the idea and just kind of a an example for my very first novel fabric of a generation in i think about uh 2010 i started mm-hmm. seriously plotting it probably in about 2012 and i completed it in 2013 so that kind of gives you a basic a timeline but then i shelved it for six years after finishing the manuscript mm-hmm. again mostly due to fear um and i finally decided to take the plunge after attending um, a publishing seminar um so i would say my path to publication was filled with a lot of kind of self-inflicted delays, um, Mm -hmm. which I think is kind of common for a lot of authors, um, as well as lots of years spent querying, which is a very time-consuming process, at least it is for most people. Um, So yeah, which is why kind of the advice I gave earlier of don't allow fear to paralyze you, because I think for a lot of years, I I did allow it to paralyze me, um, Mm -hmm. instead of just pursuing the dreams that I knew that were already inside of me at such an early age. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know that just thank you for sharing part of your personal journey. I'm always really interested in hearing how authors kind of get to the point they're at, um, because I think for a lot of people that are attempting to start out, there is a lot of that fear because the main stories that are shared are um, the like New York Times, like a 20 times over bestsellers and just mm-hmm. thinking like that's kind of the path. And I feel like, I don't know, I feel like sometimes people aren't realistic about kind of what that path might be because of the fear and thinking like you have to be an instant success in order for your work to kind of mean anything. And I just, I don't know, just thank you for sharing a bit of your personal history and showing like, despite the fear, you know, your books are out in the world and just kind of that like you can persevere through the fear in order to make your dream come true, which I think is really cool. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. Um, So another kind of personal thing, um, what do you like to do when you're not writing? Well, I love to read, um, which I think is kind of a common thread with a lot of authors, or at least I think it should be. Um, I I think I've always been a huge bibliophile. I was that kid who read 30 books in a summer um, during summer break before going back to school. Mm-hmm. Um, or sometimes more. Um, so, I mean, I was constantly reading. Um, I also like to watch TV. Um, I don't watch a huge amount of TV, but I do like to watch some TV and and just spend time with my family and friends. Um, I also spend an inordinate amount of time wa- watching YouTube videos, <laughs> uh, as I think some of us also do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I kind of get sucked in sometimes and I'm like, you know, I'm just going to watch some YouTube videos for like, you know, 15, 30 minutes and like three hours later, I'm like, oh my mm-hmm. God, I have to get off my phone. <laughs> No, yeah, yeah. The scroll is just happening everywhere. So I completely relate to that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Just thank you for sharing a little insight into um your life. Um, because when I realized that we're gonna have such a long opportunity to talk to each other over the course of three book series, I was, I don't know, just some getting to know you questions. Um 
So going back to book one itself, um, Pen Thief and the Orbit of Uncertainty, how would you describe this book in three words? Okay, I guess the three words I would use to describe the Pen Thief and the Orbit of Uncertainty are humorous, suspenseful, and authentic. Um, because I love to incorporate and really lace in my storylines, like witty one-liners and um, just really great banter with characters. Um, I also love suspense because I really help, feel like it helps to carry the plot through. And I believe in being authentic with my writing. So authentic in, just in terms of my own writing, but also with my characters. Um, there are times that where I have scrap scenes because even though I felt like it was beautifully written, when I read it, I said, my character would never do this. And so mm -hmm. I scrapped it. And so that's what I mean by authentic, not just in my own self, but also in terms of my character. Yeah, I, I think that's great of just making at a big priority of like, does this seem like something they would do or not even, you know, I mean, there is the other writing advice of like killing your darlings and having to know when to cut things, even if it's, you think it's amazing. Um, and I think that's a very important skill that people need to have. Um, and also for listeners, if you want to hear, like, if you want to learn more about what those three words mean, you should go read the book and kind of understand with more depth, kind of the overall just the overall vibes of the book, um, which are very good vibes. Um, so continuing on with book specific questions, um, do you have a favorite line out of the book? Yeah, I would say my favorite line from the very first book is the line, he stood squarely across from his high school bully, Eric, and imagined being brave enough to exact his revenge. And mm -hmm. I love that line because even though it sounds very simplistic, um, it, it articulates how many of us feel when we face challenges in life. We often wish we could be a superhero, but more often than not, our actions are, you know, kind of nothing more than kind of wishful thinking, right? Um, yeah. We want to be brave, but we often lack the confidence. Um, and I could have written that scene differently, but I, I genuinely wanted to show Arnie's vulnerability in that moment. Um, despite how annoyingly intelligent he is, I wanted to show that, hey, you can be smart and still be vulnerable in those moments when you're facing someone from your past. Yeah. Um, and I think that's amazing because, again, it's like, I don't know, it's not overly complex or something that it's like some very flowery, flowery quote that someone would put, like, make a graphic out of or something, but it's still very meaningful and impactful and just kind of, as you were saying, um, throughout for like the course of the story and just from the character side of things. So I think that's really cool. Um, continuing with book related things, obviously, you know, we have the protagonist Arnie for this book, um, but there's other characters that make out the extended cast. Um, do you have a favorite character out of that extended cast? Maybe someone that it's like, if this was a way different book, they would be the protagonist or someone where it, um, if you get to just have them pop up in a scene, like that's kind of fun or just anything of those sorts. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, for me, I would definitely say Uncle Gregory um, mm -hmm. because he's handsome, he's mysterious and he's a good fighter. All things character should be if at all possible, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, um, I really like the intrigue that surrounds this character on the surface he seems like just a highly successful retired marine turned businessman but he's so much more than that um yet he straddles the dichotomy of who he is with such ease that it it will often i imagine give the reader a bit of pause and kind of make them question like who is this guy is he really who he says he is and i love that about this character i love the fact that he seems like he's one thing 
Um, and then when you get to a certain point in the story, you realize that as you peel back the layers of the plot, that he's so much more than he seems. I love characters like that um, of just, I don't know. of And that's a great thing that I feel like has been showing up a bit more and more from books I've been reading personally, that it's a lot of characters and some books, they just seem so cut and dry and just being able to add like very cool and just very multi-layered depth so that would that's always like a treat to read so that was very fun um to have in this book as a reader um especially with just you know the overall plot as a whole um so we have two more questions uh we have one kind of plot character based one and then we have the final question the shop small corner um but going into the penultimate cut question um if you were for whatever reason I don't know if this would be you're going into the universe of your books he comes to our universe but if you were to meet Arnie do you think you would get along with him actually I think I would um and I think we would get along really well because I've always been a nerd at heart (laughs) (laughs) so I would be laughing at his jokes I feel like he would be laughing at mine I feel like we would understand each other so yeah I think we would get along really well that's amazing I I don't know it always kind of makes me happy to hear authors say that of just hearing how much is really put into them of themselves. Um, and just, there's always, there's like two types of answers to this though. And there's the answers like that. And then there's also the answer of like, no, they would see me and immediately like hate me. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's so interesting because obviously there's so much of the author in the protagonist and just like how the kind of two forks of that um diverge so that's really interesting to hear and also just kind of fun um and I think kind of adds an additional layer um to the character himself um so going into our final question kind of just the backstory as a whole um but when the podcast was started, we were connected to our own independent bookstore here in North Carolina. So whenever we have an author on the show, we like to give them um, a platform to shout out some type of business or a resource that they support as well as where people can find you and find your books um, to get their very own copies. Yeah, I think the easiest way for people to shop small is to shop locally. Um, however, um, if you aren't sure of where to to start, I would say you should check out IndieBound.com to search for independent bookstores in your area. As someone who moved from a really large city, I used to live in Seattle, and then I moved to a really small area, um, kind of my biggest struggle was trying to find independent bookstores. So I think that is a really great resource to start, especially if you don't live in a really large area. Um, And then also, if that doesn't work, Google is your friend. (laughs) (laughs) Search online. Um, I found some really uh, cool places, like really amazing books, for example, from Etsy. I buy a lot of vintage books from Etsy. Um, So just be creative and search different online sites. Um, And sometimes even going having books shipped from an independent bookstore in the UK that I couldn't find in the US. So, I mean, there's lots of options out there, um, but I definitely would start with IndieBound.com. Okay. But yeah. And so where can people kind of find you, whether on like social media or anything like that, or um, like buy your books, if it's just not like anywhere, you know, any like your website or anything else you'd like to kind of shout out? Sure. Um, My social media handle is um, the top 
Tasha Madison. Um, that's I'm on Instagram, um, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. So they can find me there in terms of social media. And my books are uh, fairly wi widely distributed. Um, so they can either shop on, on larger venues like Amazon or Barnes and Noble, um, or also on my website as well, which is TashaMadison.com. Awesome. And all of those different places are going to be in the source. Uh, yes, source notes. No, I can't even think of the word. Uh, oh, <laughs> the show notes. Sorry. All of those links are going to be in the show notes below, including a link so you can order it through our very own independent bookstore here in North Carolina. You know, shop small as well as links to IndieBound and just all the different resources. Um, so you can find this book read this book. I highly recommend it. Um, but yeah, all those will be down below. Thank you so much for joining me for part one of three. Um, you know, we're not done yet, but just thank you so much, um, for reaching out to me and that this interview can finally happen. Thanks for having me. It's been a joy. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope you enjoyed. As always, the links to where you can get your very own copy of the Pen Thief and the Orbit of Uncertainty, which is book one in the Pen Thief series that will be down below. And, you know, just a bunch of different places where you can support Tasha and buy her books. Um, and make sure you stay tuned for parts two and three of this series, both with the podcast and with the books. Those will be coming out within the next few days leading up to the release of book three in the series. As always, I'm Nora Quinn, and this is On the Shelf. Thank you.